Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever time that you're listening to this, you're listening to What's for Dinner, right here on Quake, RYC Praise News, where music is therapy. I'm your humble host, Orlando Presents, and uh, we have to go ahead and turn on and get it started with our official, unofficial intro by our brother, Go Yee, and the name of that joint is called Dinner. The reason why I say unofficial is because I didn't get his permission. I just went ahead and did it. But I know it's okay because I love the brother. The brother loves me. But I am going to get his official okay to play this as our intro. So once again, this is Go Ye Dinner right here on What's For Dinner. We'll be right back. Let's go. Yeah. 
Pull out the silverware and fuck the carry go plates. No more similar, we roll, now we in state. Matthew 514, take you straight through the bone marrow. Penetrate the heart like an arrow. In the studio, we chop it up like Bobby Flake. Dissect your scriptures down the middle like Belay Moon Young. But you get none, you ain't got the sun. You always on the run, so run for us, run. I'm hungry for that word like a grizzly or the Yeti. Then it says the revelations is my meatballs and spaghetti. Yeah, I gotta share it, cause God told me to. Gotta preach that holy gospel on the street inside the booth. Uh, don't need a bib, no longer wretched mess. Eating recipes by the eye, so it's chef. Training fasting, that's how I'm getting fed. Reading, understanding, and not just buy bread alone. The Lord bring that dinner bell. I'm at the table and I'm sitting well. In the presence of my enemies. Through him, I'm reaping everything. The Lord bring that dinner bell. I'm at the table and I'm sitting well. In the presence of my enemies. Through him, I'm reaping everything. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome once again to What's for Dinner right here on Quake RYC Praise News, where music is therapy. I'm your humble host, Orlando Presents, and tonight, episode three, episode three, if you were wondering, <laughs> tonight we have a special guest, man. This brother has been all over the place on the, you know, on Facebook doing his thing. He has the Godson listening party. Man, none other than the man himself, Mr. J. Measy. How you doing, brother? How you feeling? What's going on? What's going on, man? God bless you, bro. God Appreciate you, man. Man, it's all love. It's all love, man. I try to, I try to get different, uh, you know, different radio hosts and folks of that nature, podcast hosts, and everybody that you know do the same thing that I do. Try to get them on the show every now and then, you know, so that you can. Um, you know, tell the folks about your walk, you know, tell the folks about your testimony. Mm. And then also what brought you, you know, to the forefront of uh, doing God's Son Listening Party, which, you know, we'll get to that, but I don't want to jump ahead too far. Um, for those that may be listening in that may not know you, explain to them who you are and where you're from. Man, amen. So first of all, we, we testify because God, number one, is real, and he's going to do it again. You know what I mean? And so I share my testimony with the hopes that these seeds will land on good soil and would inspire somebody to taste to see that God is good. <clears throat> so with that said, um, my name is Jay Measy. You know what I mean? I'm from the East Coast. I'm from this place called Lawrence in Massachusetts. It's like 20 minutes north of Boston. Um, and just a little bit about me. So I grew up you know, in the project housing, you know, um, quote, unquote, what you would call the streets, right? Mm -hmm. My pops was a gang member. My mom's was a gang member. You know, um, my house was a drug spot. You know what I mean? If you don't know what a drug spot is, it's basically a place where people come and buy drugs. You know, and <clears throat> my, my house was like that at a very young age. So I was exposed and I got a chance to witness a lot of things at a very, at a very young age, which... You know, it kind of like influenced me to live the life that I lived, you know, before Christ. So a little bit about that life, you know, growing up in the projects, you know, um, of course, I grew up with insecurities, you know. Um, so a lot of times. So real quick, just to get it out the way, you know, what I mean, when I was a kid, I got molested, you know. Um, and then as I got older, you know, when, when I got molested, I didn't know there was anything wrong at the time. Right. Because I, I was a kid. I was a little kid. I, I must have been like five, six years old around there. 
maybe seven years old or something. But as I got older and I started to understand who I was, what the world was like, and what I was supposed to look like in the world, you know, created by God and all that, at the time I wasn't thinking God, but I was thinking just, you know, reality, right? And the more I became, I, I started to grow into a man, those thoughts about being molested started to plague my mind. Mm. And it created this character in me where it was very standoffish. You know, I was very prideful. Um, yeah. I was very aggressive, you know, um, in, in just the way of my of my thinking and all that. So it, it led me to make a lot of bad decisions at a young age. <clears throat> just to give you a little bit about what that looked like. Um, Ten years old, I was already in and out of group homes, you know, um, on my way to jail, you know, um, just in and out of group homes, um, stealing cars, breaking into houses, you know, all the above, right? And God had God had a plan for my life, and I didn't know it at the time. So in and out of these group homes, it got to the point where my my um, I went to court, and they wanted to kick me out the state. They said, "Yo, if if you don't have somebody to take you out the state, uh, we gonna have to lock you up till you 18." You know, and gratefully, my pops showed up. Now my father, you know, I, I know I said I came from, you know, my pops was a gang member and all that. So my pops, you know, um. He was part of the the 80s, so in the 80s and the 70s and all that. So you know that dope, dope, and what I mean by dope is heroin. It was very big at the time, so my father had caught a habit, you know, and, and unbeknownst to me, you know, my, my pops was actually trying to kill himself, you know, and one day he went to, he, he, he had set up a needle, you know, with more than enough drugs than he needed um, with the intention to overdose. And before he got a chance to get back to that needle, a police officer pulled him over and recognized who he was. Now, at the time, my, my dad had these warrants and all of that. Um, so his life got stopped short there. His freedom is, is what I mean. Mm -hmm. And he ended up getting locked up, and my pops had an encounter with Jesus. Now, my father at four years old gave his life to Christ. You know, I, my grandmother the other day just told me a story of how my dad went missing. And when they went looking for him, they found him at a church. And, and and they asked him, what are you doing here? He said, well, I came over here to give my life to Jesus. You know, and, and that was him at four or five years old. Mm. So for him to be at this place of doing these drugs, you know, and God calling on his life, God had a call on his life from a very young age. It only shows you, like, the devil is out here to destroy you by any means possible. And he's not playing no games, right? And, you know, he's not sugarcoating nothing. The devil going to take you to the darkest alleys. He gonna bring you to the darkest corners, and he gonna bring you to that hopeless place in your life that you won't feel like I want to kill myself. Mm. And that was the case with my dad, you know. Um, but him being in that place, it left me without a dad. And anybody who understands logic, you know, when you leave a kid to grow up without a father, and and, and you know, you're gonna leave the opportunity for things that happen to me, you know. And, and being molested is not something that any dad wants to hear that happened to their child, but these are, the, you know, these are the consequences when we make bad decisions. You know, sometimes it might not, it might not just affect you, but it might also affect your family. And in this case it did. But anyway, so <clears throat> growing up, you know, I had this character found out that I was being molested and it wasn't like, it wasn't a thing to do. When I, when I realized that my, my, my attitude was on a thousand because I just wanted to show people that I was a man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So any if you looked at me wrong, if you said something that might have been taken the wrong way, I would have turned it up. You know what I mean? I would have turned it up. Just I would have created a scene. I would have caused 
something to happen just so that you know that you can't play with me. Because in my mind, I felt like my manhood was taken from me and I had to get that back. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so early on in life, not having a dad, I was exposed to the streets, you know, and, you know, coming, my, my mom was 14 years old when she had me. So it was a kid having a kid, you know, and, and so to be in this type of environment growing up, you don't really have the guidance that you should have. So it led me to make a lot of bad decisions, a lot of emotional decisions. So anyways, um, so I get kicked out of the state. My dad shows up to pick me up. Now at this time, my dad, you know, Jesus had walked into my dad in in, in, a, in a cell. Um, and, and my dad tells a story and, and hopefully one day maybe you can have him on. He'll he'll confirm. But he two times Jesus visited him in jail. Both times he hid under the bed because he was like, Bro, I couldn't like I couldn't be in his presence. You know, mm. I, it was like I was filthy, you know, and but the thing was that God didn't come there to show him how holy he was and how unholy my dad was. God came there to collect. You know, he had a call on my life. My dad gave him his life. The Bible says that we've been, we're no longer our own. We've been purchased by the blood of Christ. So the minute that you come into an agreement with God, with Jesus, you no longer belong to yourself, right? Like God now owns you, you know, Amen. if you want to look at it that way. And, and, to, re, and to be real, right, we... We're, we're always slaves. We're either a slave to sin or we're going to be a slave to righteousness. But we're always slaves. We're never free in that, in that, uh, in that set, in, in that mindset, right? Like, so God had a call on my dad's life. Um, and when my dad gave up his life, it, it's, it's almost like those blessings traveled on to me because, you know, I, I was stabbed four times when I was 14 years old by, by somebody who was, you know, a good friend of mine at the time, somebody who I was doing a lot of dirt with, you know, and this dude ended up stabbing me four times. He was a grown man at the time, and I was still a kid, but he took he had taken advantage of me. And, you know, growing up, and like I said, wanted to show people I was a man, I was so quick to fight, you know. And what happened was that even though I was so quick to fight, I still didn't have street smarts like that. You know, I still didn't understand what heroin was. I didn't understand that your best friend will, will try to kill you mm-hmm. if he had to, you know, like, oh, who you thought was your best friend, right? And this is what the streets does. The streets creates this false reality, and guess who gets to live in it? Us. You know what I mean? And we mm-hmm. live in this false reality. So who I thought was a good friend of mine actually turned out to be somebody who almost took my life. Now, before we got to that part, and, and, I, and I say this story, man, as a testimony for people, so we was in a we was in a car now. Mind you, I was living in a runaway house. When I say a runaway house, what I mean is that we found a female who was old enough to rent an apartment and mm-hmm. so she can rent the apartment and then we can bring all our friends and you know, nine times out of ten, our friends were all runaways. So you got this this house filled with kids, you know, and, and mind you, we're living in an apartment, so we gotta pay bills. And the only way you gonna get kids to pay bills is to do things that they don't know how to do because it wasn't like we was thinking about getting a job or maybe we was even too young to get a job at the time, but we still needed to pay these bills. We still felt like I'm a man, so I got to do this. So, you know, I, I used to book into cars and steal radios and, and I was still rims or I was still the whole car. If somebody, if somebody wanted to buy the car, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So this is what I would do to, to pay bills. So fast forward, my boy comes and he's like, yo, I got this radio. Um, that I just got over on and, and I need to sell it. So I was like, yo, I'll go sell it for you. You know what I mean? Um, so we go in and sell it. I get my cut. This is the first time I get my cut. You know, he ends up convincing me to spend money on dope. Now, that's heroin, right? And at the time, I didn't know what that was. 
You know what I mean? So I'm arguing with him, and I'm like, nah, man, I got to bring back this weed, man. I got mad dudes in the crib. And he's like, bro, if you just get this bag of dope, it'll be like you like you smoke four blunts. Now, mind you, this is during the time when we buying nickel bags. So for me, $20 would have been four, four, um, four, four blunts, right? right? But he's telling me that if I give him the $20, well, at the time it was $10. If I give him the $10, it's like if I bought two blunts. It's, uh, it's like I bought four blunts instead of two blunts. You know what I mean? So because I was ignorant, he convinced me to do that. Now, he ended up, you know, because he had a dope habit, which I didn't know at the time, but he passed me the dope. And when I went to go hit the dope, we was in the car, and I literally had the window cracked open like an inch, maybe an inch and a half. And when I went to go um, take my bumps out of the out of the dollar, if a wind blew in from outside of the car into the car and blew everything out of the dollar. Mm. And so I'm arguing with this dude, like, bro, you just made me spend my last money on this. Boom, boom, boom. Not realizing that, you know, God had a plan for my life. Mm. You know, he had a call on my life, too. <laughs> and my dad, coming from that lifestyle, because he was hooked on that to the point where he wanted to kill himself, God called him out of that. And I believe that God's promises are not only for us, but also for our children. You know, and so I believe that when that blew in was really the Holy Spirit saying, nah, like this curse is not going to continue in his lineage because my dad gave his life. So fast forward from there, a couple of days, maybe a week later, you know, he shows up and he's like, yeah, I got this other radio. Boom, let's sell it. I ended up selling it. My cut out of the deal would have been $15. The problem was that he didn't want to give me the $15. He went into this building, came out and was like, y'all don't got the money. You know what I mean? And me and me you know, with the responsibility of having to pay these bills and having to make sure that I show up to the crib with something, at least something, you know, I, was, I wasn't trying to hear that. I was like, yo, where my money at? And he kept trying to get me to run around. So we got into a fight, you know, and, you know, I guess he didn't want to fight that day. That day he wanted to stab me. Mm. So he ended up stabbing me four times with a, with, a, with a screwdriver, you know, and I almost lost my life that day, you know what I mean? So... I say that to say that, you know, the lifestyle I was living was super, super fast, man. And, you know, a lot faster than, than, than what we would think, but it was super fast. And the goal was that Satan wanted to destroy me. So it was going to come however he can get it. You know what I mean? He's not above, you know, whatever. So, but anyway, so now coming out of the, um, actually before that, I ended up getting sent, um, got kicked out of my state because it was like, yo, you, you, you know, you're too much of a uh, we can either send you away out of the state or we can lock you up to your 18. My dad at the time, he showed up, you know, and he was uh, he was in Bible college, so he, he had his life right. So he showed up and he's like, nah, you're going to come with me. That was a super important in my life because that's when I learned about Jesus. That's when, like, he would bring me to church. Now, I would, it wasn't like I was into church because I go there and, and, and try to be a clown. <laughs> but in the little times that I that I would go into these like the the Sunday classes with with all the other kids and all that, you know, I would learn little bits and pieces of who Jesus was. And I remember, you know, I, I stood with my dad for six months before I ran away. Now, mind you, I was in Pennsylvania living with my dad, and and like I told you, I live in Lawrence, which is in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So that's eight hours away from where I was. Um, and it got to the point where you know, I got to a point where I was having so much problems with my pops that I was going to run away. And, but before I ran away, because of the Sunday classes and, 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 and what I knew about Jesus, I felt like, well, maybe if I give my life to Jesus, he'll change my life the way they always talk about it in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I literally sat there, bro, 
you know, my hands spread out, you know, and I said, God, take my life, <laughs> you know, yeah. have my life. My, if you are who you say you are, take my life. And I held my arms open, expecting something to happen right there. And and because I didn't feel nothing, I said, yo, this is amazing. So I ended up in the and I started my journey back home. Eight-hour trip. I was 12 years old at the time. You know, um, and it was just crazy. So I ended up still in this car around probably like, I want to say like maybe around 11 at night. You know, now mind you, I'm in fifth grade at the time. So I don't know how old you are when you're in fifth grade. I'm assuming like maybe um, like 10, 11, you know, 12 years old around there. So I'm in fifth grade at the time and I should be in bed at, at 11 o'clock. Right. So I end up still in this car. I get on the highway. Um, two hours into the trip, I fall asleep. Because, like I said, I should be in bed. Like, I'm used to going to bed so I can go to school. But I, not tonight. That night, I was in a stolen car and I'm on my way back to my city. And I remember, man, I fell asleep behind the wheel. Now, this, remember, I said I gave my life to Jesus, right? Like, and, and I literally did that from my heart. The problem was that I had the wrong understanding. I thought something was going to happen instantly mm-hmm. that I was going to be able to feel right there at that moment. And because it didn't happen that way, I thought that it didn't, like, it didn't work, in other words. So I'm driving in this car, I fall asleep, and I hear something scream in my ear, tell me to wake up. Now, it screamed so loud that I had to wake up. I'm a dead sleep. Anybody who knows me will tell you, boy, try getting him up. You know what I mean? When he (laughs) sleep, he sleep. He out for the count. You know what I mean? But this voice screamed in my ear and told me to wake up. And when I woke up, I was actually heading towards a wall, you know, like, you know, in the highway, you got the bridges or, or, or the, the roads that go over the highway. So they have these walls that's holding up the road. I was literally going right into that wall. And if it wouldn't be, if it wasn't for that voice that woke me up, I would have been dead, you know, because mm. I was doing maybe 60, 70 miles an hour, you know, going directly into a wall. I, it would have been crazy. So I woke up, I seen that, like, I seen the wall and I swerved. Now, you would think that I'd be like, thank you, God, but that's not that's not what I was thinking. Like, man, I was close, you know, mm-hmm. not realizing that God was already with me, you know what I mean? So I ended up getting back. I made it all the way back to my state, ran out of gas in front of a police station, ironically. So you tell me if God had plans, right? Like, I ran out of gas literally right in front of the police station, the state police barracks, and it happened to be a cop, you know, coming out the, the barracks at that time because it was early in the morning. You know what I mean? Uh, I must have got there probably, like, I want to say maybe 7, 8 o'clock in the morning um, from Pennsylvania. So by the time I get there, they already started their shift. So the cop is coming out, and I just happened to be pulled over. So he pulls up behind me. You know, fast forward, he, you know, asked me my my name and all that. Now, at 12 years old, man, I had uh, already had a full mustache, maybe even a goatee at the time. You know, I grew hair early in life. So the cop is asking me, what the problem was with my car as if it was my car, not realizing it was just a 12-year-old kid, you know what I mean? <laughs> so right. anyway, so so we get into that, you know what I mean? I tell him who I am or whatever. He brings me to the station. He verifies who I am. You know, all the police officers in the station are in disbelief because, mind you, this is this is like, what, 90, 1990? Like, it, you know, it wasn't a common thing to see a 12-year-old driving from uh, from Pennsylvania to Massachusetts you know, so you, it, it wasn't a common thing. Like I said, 12 years old, you're going to school. Right. You know what I mean? So these cops was there. They treated me, you know, with mad love and all that. You know, I, I can't say anything bad about how they treated me. But that's when my life began. So I went into the I went into the juvenile system, 
And there is when I learned, you know, what I could and can't do as a, as a man, because I had every intention on showing people that I was a man. You know what I mean? I think about that movie Friday, right? When, when like, Cat Williams is in the bathroom with, with Debo, and he's like, I'm a boy, Damon. <laughs> like, right. That was my character, you know what I'm saying? So anybody who looked at me crazy, anybody who said something that could have been misconstrued, I ain't care. I, I was going to make a point, you know what I mean? So that's, that's what started that for me, and I started to realize that, wait a minute, I couldn't force my way on other people. You know, because before I started getting into all these fights, you know, you start thinking like more, more like a victim in a sense, right? Mm. But then when you realize that, wait a minute, I'm, I'm stronger than I think, you know what I mean? That mindset changes quick from a victim to, to somebody who preys on the weak, mm. you know what I mean, or preys on others. Because I, I, I never really prayed on the weak, but I did pray on bullies. Once I learned that, I wait a minute, I could throw a punch. It was a wrap because everybody who bullied me in my life you know what I mean? Like, every bully I encountered after that represented that person that bullied me when I was growing up, mm. and I wasn't trying to hear that. You know what I mean? And so it's, it, it, it created this character in me, which led me to the point where I got stabbed four times. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to fight with this dude that was actually dope sick. I didn't know what dope was. You know what I mean? Like, when, when, when people talk about addiction and you see somebody who struggles with addiction, it's so easy for us to cast rocks you know what I mean? And be like, yo, you shouldn't be doing them drugs. You shouldn't. But you don't understand the mindset of a person who's addicted. You know what I mean? You become another person when you're on those drugs, you know, um, and you compromise and you do things that you normally wouldn't do. You know, and so this dude that, that stabbed me, I had met him in jail during that time that I told you I got locked up. <clears throat> and he was somebody that was shoulder to shoulder with me when it came to fighting, right? So if I said, yo, we going to go to dinner, and I'm going to pop off on this dude, and he always hangs out with him. So when we in the line, you stand next to him, I'm going to stand next to him. And the minute you see me pop, you pop on his boy, because I know his boy's going to want to jump in. So just make sure you cancel that. And he was somebody that was always willing to do that. You know what I mean? So this is who that person was to me. So when he stabbed me like that, it was almost like a surprise, but not really. You know what I mean? Because I knew the lifestyle we live. I knew the limits we were willing to go to. But it was definitely an eye-opener for me. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, so I get stabbed. You know, um, I end up, I, I go to the hospital. You know, I almost died in my crib because I didn't want them to call the police. I didn't want them to call the ambulance because I was on the run. I had escaped from um, the, the, the detention facility I was at. They had left me alone, and I jumped out a window, and, you know, you know so I was on the run. Mm. And the last thing I wanted to do was have any encounter with police or ambulance, anybody I had to give my name to. So I was, it was crazy, me being, um, at, I was 14 years old, I'm sitting there, stab, I got stabbed in my heart, I got stabbed in my liver, and I got stabbed twice in my shoulder, you know, and, and I went home, and I tried to rub the blood off, like wash the blood away mm-hmm. by taking a hot bath, you know, not, not understanding that, that hot water just going to make you bleed faster. So I'm sitting there in a pool of blood, and I start fainting, you know what I mean, like days and now, so my aunt's like, yo, what you want me to do? Cause my aunt wanted to be like, yo, I know you, I know you on the run. I don't want you to get locked up, so I know I can't call them. So what you want me to do? I can't stop this bleeding. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking like, bro, I'm about to die. Call them. You know what wow. I mean? So yeah. she ended up calling them, and you know they they flew me in a helicopter to the, you know, cause I was already on that type of on that type of time. Like I lost a lot of blood, and so they flew me in a helicopter. And what-
craziest thing was, man, I was supposed to, I, they, they put me to sleep for three days. I wake up, you know, I realize what happened or whatever, and I'm supposed to stay there for another three days. And I'm like, the minute I woke up, I, I, I looked around, like I seen what was wrong. And, I'm, and I made a decision, like, yeah, nah, I'm good. I can deal with this. And then in my mind, right, in my, and this is what's crazy. When you're in the world, you don't think. Mm. But in my mind, it made sense that if I can just make it to the street and walk around with my shirt off, then people are going to know I'm a man. They're wow. going to see me with these stab wounds, and they're going to know I'm not playing no games. And that's exactly what I did, man. I ended up sneaking out of the hospital um, before the police showed up to lock me up because, you know, I did have warrants. So I ended up sneaking out the hospital, and that's what I was doing in my city. Right? I was walking around with um with my shirt off. And I remember one of my older people coming up to me, and he's like, yo, bro, why are you showing people that you weak like that? And my instant response was like, bro, I wish they would. Uh. I wish they would, man. Just you looking at what I'm doing right now, and you see what happened to me, you know I'm not playing no games. So I wish somebody would try me. That's why I'm showing them that I, that I got the stab wounds, because... If you come at me, just know that you're going to have to go further than this. You know what I mean? Because right. they already tried to kill me, and I'm still out here, you know? And But that was all rooted in the mindset of being a victim, right? Like, I was molested, so I was trying to, like, I'm, I'm trying to get my stripes back. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, trying everything yeah. in my power to say, yo, I'm a man, yo. I'm a boy demon. And yeah. so trying to build that forward, wall. Man, I, yeah, I'm just saying, trying to build that wall. Not trying, cause yeah. I had it up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a steel wall, man. It, it was definitely a wall, man. And so I ended up, um, so one day, man, um, so dudes was selling drugs in this whole other city, you know what I mean? And it was a white city. Now I come from the hood, so you know we don't really see too many white people where I'm at. And when you think about white people, and this is no disrespect to nobody, I'm just being. 100% honest of what the mentality was that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever you see a white person, you instantly think money. You instantly think drug addict. Somebody I can get money out of. You know what I mean? You're not smart. Like, there's one thing about people in the hood that I would tell anybody is that, bro, you're going to meet some of the smartest people in the world in the hood. People that come from poverty, because they learn how, bro, they learn how to make um, phone charges out of using razors and batteries. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, wow. We use razors and batteries to chat to to charge a phone. You know what I mean? So you're gonna meet some smart people. And so anyway, so fast forward, I I go to this other city. I start a lifestyle selling drugs. And it happened to be that I got good at doing that. You know what I mean? So I I was good at fighting because I always wanted to fight and find out real quick. Even the dudes that come across like they tough, they really don't want to fight. If they can avoid it, they will. And, and when you're dealing with somebody who doesn't really want to avoid a fight, then you, you get to tell real quick who's who. You know what I mean? And right. that's like the street. <laughs> that's like the street. You know what I mean? That's how it works in the street. Um. So when I got good at selling drugs, I'm like, man, I I could fight and I could, I could make money. You know what I mean? So that became, that, that, that became a whole nother reality. So I, I started my life of selling drugs. You know, I remember... There was like Christmases, bro, and I'm over here showing up to somebody's house on Christmas, leaving with presents mm. that they bought for their kids because they didn't have money to buy the drugs. And I said, you know what, my kids gotta eat though. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the mindset that you start to develop when you in the world like that. You know what I mean? And wow. this is the mindset that God called me out of, man. And this is why I testified to it because you can do it with me, you can do it with anybody. Amen. So. You know, being in that place, man, um, um, 
And mind you, if I'm being too long with it, let me know, cousin, because I don't mean to, I want to take over your show now. Oh, no, nah, you, I mean, hey, man, sharing your testimony is where, like you just said from the beginning, brother, that's, uh, that's what we're here for and everything. And it's something that I've, you know, I'm hearing this for the first time. So I, it's like, wow, but yeah. there's a lot, you know, to your background that I can relate to. You know, not far as with, you know, living mm -hmm. in the hood and things of that nature, but the molestation, I can relate to that. I was when I was younger. So, you know, the mental standpoint, yeah. what you were talking about earlier, I can definitely relate to that. You know, and I tell people all the mm -hmm. time that if stuff like that, when that happens to a young man like that, and it never gets rectified far as, you know, them being able to, able to get counseling or speaking to somebody, it messes with their heads. You know, a man or a woman, yeah. so I don't want to X out the women, so as a man or a woman, it messes up their head into thinking, and I can only relate to the man because I'm a man, you're a man, but, it, you know, far as the man, we go through a moment in time, and like you said, we go through a moment in time trying to figure out, okay, what's what? You know, I know I went through a mm. moment of time of, you know, questioning myself, questioning my manhood, questioning, you know, who yeah. am I and what happened. I couldn't even tell my parents, you know, what happened to me until I was an adult. So I was living with that wow. pretty much my whole life and sitting there wondering wow. why relationships weren't working out. And then one day I had to think about it. That's why it's not working out. Because you were holding on to this for so right. long, your parents didn't even know the true you. Because it was something about you that they never knew. And then also not only going through that, but, you know, when I was younger, my parents get a divorce, things of that nature, and my dad, he moves on, and we didn't have a great relationship at all. You know, our relationship is a hundred times better now. But when I was growing up and being young in those impressionable ages, he wasn't, you know, he was back and forth. You know, so it wasn't like uh -huh. he was really there. It was my mom there. So that's why I say it is it's a yeah. lot to your testimony that I can definitely um, relate to and understand. Um, yeah. What I do want to do is, since we're about a half an hour in, I do want to go ahead and try to jump into um, one of your songs or probably play um, both of your songs because um, The Storm, that joint, I like both of them, but that joint there really, you know, touches on what you were talking about and, I, and a lot of people need to hear that. Um, I want you to explain The Storm real quick. We're going to jump into that and then we'll come right back and pick it up. Um, far as within your testimony, because you still have a whole lot more <laughs> to share <laughs> and where God yeah. has brought you from right. and where you are now. So um, let the folks know about the storm and then we'll jump back into that. Yeah. All right. So the storm, it should really be called the final storm because it's a testimony of that last, of, of the last hoorah, right? Like ended up getting ran over on a highway in New York City. Um, with, with the motorcycles and all viral. So you can Google it. You type in my name, uh, you, you should see a million videos that pop up about it. But I ended up getting ran over on the highway. And when when the car, like I was fully conscious for it, right? So the, the truck runs me over. 
you know, folds me in half. And then when it's done, I, re- I realized that something bad happened to my body. You know, I can't feel anything because, you know, at that point I was paralyzed. I didn't know it at the time, but, you know, I just couldn't feel it. But I was, I remember just being mad. I was, I was mad. Um, but what happened was is they picked me up from the highway. It took them about an hour. They picked me up from the highway. I get in the in the thing and I tell them into the into the ambulance. And I ask them, I give them my information and all that. And then I'm like, yo, can I go to sleep? They're like, yeah. And then I woke up three days later and realized that that I was paralyzed. You know, now, you know, in my story, you know, a lot of a lot of my character was built on me saying I'm a man, and I got to show the world that I'm a man. Uh, when I woke up and realized that half my body wasn't working, that means I, that that meant for me that I, that I couldn't put my hands on you the way I could if I had to. Didn't mean that I could take what I want if I had to. Like everything that I built my identity on, I could no longer do. Mm. <laughs> it, it, I'm even getting a little emotional just thinking about it because mm. the limits that God would go to just to get you back because we've been purchased with the blood of Christ. And that day that I gave my life to Jesus, like God's word is real, it's living and active, and it it might not make sense to you at the time, but doesn't mean that God stops being God, you know. So this whole time He's been with me, and then finally I get to this place where everything that's been drawing me away from God, with me trying to be a man or me trying to do this, take matters into my own hands, dealing with that trauma, God removed it, so that I couldn't do that no more. And now I find myself at the bottom of the barrel having to look up you know and i remember man i woke up out of that coma and i when i realized what happened to me i fell into the darkest place ever man i was i was in a very dark place and my dad walks in 15 minutes later and all he says to me is jay what you gonna do and what i heard and what i saw was i was at this crossroad and i had to make a decision i was either gonna go right or i was going left gonna go left and the question was are you ready to start living for me? You've already tried living for you. You've already tried to, <laughs> glory to God. You've already tried to figure this out, Amen. and it didn't work. Now what, right? <laughs> and and when God asked me that, man, I knew what that man. I knew it meant that I was gonna have to give up everything that I understood as far as being a man and, and protecting myself. <laughs> Y'all apologize, man. I'm just no, I don't no, mm-mm. Don't Glory apologize, brother. Do not apologize, man. Yeah, yeah. It's all real, brother. It's, yeah, it's all, all real. Facts, man. And so when I knew what God was asking me, if I was ready to start living for him. And I'll tell you, bro, when I examined what I was going to have to give up and what that meant, and then I said, you know what? It's not even worth it no more. I'm good. I like, I, I like gave up, bro. I gave up. And I said yes to Jesus, like mm. with my heart. Because the reality was, bro, that was my last hope, yeah. right? Like I couldn't, I couldn't take matters into my hands no more. He was the only, he was the only hope that I had. And I'm like, God, if, <laughs> if you are who you say you are, do what yeah. you say you will do, man. And when I gave my life to Christ, bro, when I tell you, man, I felt the weight of the world lift off of me. I felt my thoughts get clear. So much to the point that I started looking at my life and I was confused more than I have ever been. And I'm like, why Why would I risk all this stuff? Now, I got two kids, and anybody who knows me knows I love my children. You know, and to think that I would go out every single day, look at my kids in the face and be like, I love you, and I'll be back. 
knowing that I might not be back because the the lifestyle that I was living mm-hmm. didn't guarantee that I was going to make it back home, you heard? Right. <laughs> and it was like that moment when I said yes to Jesus, I realized that. I didn't realize that before, bro. To me, it made sense to tell my kids I'll be back, knowing that I was going out there, you know, to stab, shoot, rob, steal, whatever I had to do, you know, in my own mind, thinking that's what made the most sense. Willing to do all that, and my kids might not see me, bro. You know? <laughs> and when I, when when my mind got clear, bro, it was a wrap after that. Like, I, didn't, I had 165 grams of crack cocaine sitting in my drawer. And I remember waking up because they had me on so much medication because my body was so messed up. Uh, I, uh, in case y'all didn't know, for the people who are listening, I apologize. I, my The main vein that goes to my heart, that was detached. So I had no blood circulation mm. going through my body for over six and a half hours. You know, and if you know anything about science and, and that type of stuff, you're not even supposed to live longer than an hour without blood circulation. Right. You know, that's when your body parts start to die off. Um, and but I, I survived over six hours, and none of my body parts started to die. Are you going to a vegetative state? Yeah, 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 basically, basically. And so, but anyway, so coming up out, out of the sleep, I would I, I remember just telling my 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 my, um, my BM, I'm like, yo, get throw the drugs away, and then I had guns, and I'm like, throw the guns away, and she's like, what? And she, now mind you, my BM, she's been with, I've been with my BM um, since we was kids, right? Like, we literally grew up together. We lived in the same projects, all that. Hold on for for a minute, bro. Hold on. For those of y'all that may not know what BM means, that's baby mama. All right, go ahead, bro. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So she didn't understand what was going on. Um, So she, you know, every time I told her to throw something away, she didn't understand it. But that's what God had did for me that day. God changed me from the inside. It was almost like I had too many answers for God. And that's why when I sat there with my hands open and expecting something to change, nothing changed that day because God is so ill with it mm. that he knows when you're ready to receive an answer, just acting like you are. You know, and God knew that because I had more answers I was willing to rely on, that he had to, you know, I don't know if he had to, but just the way it played out. I felt like he had to just wait till I ran out of answers so that he could start talking to me directly. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what happened. He talked to me that day. I woke up out of a coma. Body was paralyzed. You know, I gave my life to Christ and then my whole life changed. So we'll stop there. We'll continue the story. We'll come back with the song. But the song is basically my testimony of that day. All right, here we go. Edwin Nieses is one of the bikers Uh. run over. He's now apparently paralyzed. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. All his ribs fractured. His lungs are so badly bruised that he's still on the ventilator. Uh, I'm grateful to God that I'm still here. Seven years later in this wheelchair Cause I should've died seven years ago Seven years ago I was ran over and almost killed fit It was on the news, it was ill fit In broad daylight in front of everybody My kids watched me get folded on TV and Then I started getting death threats from everybody But either way I had forgiveness to give I wasn't trying to have problems with anybody I was just trying to get my mind right Cause who had to readjust and learn to live life with half a body and you don't know what I'll be dealing with. Uh, By the grace of God, it's how I live with it. Uh, 
He took me out of my deepest depressions and gave me peace. I only wish you could have witnessed it. Now I can see the vision vividly. And it's no longer a mystery. I deserve death and he gave me victory. Look at what he did to me. Wrote a new name on me, literally. Whole new identity spiritually. I've received the gifts he gives to me. He makes me new, he forgets about my history. So many times I was lost, I was confused, I was on my own. By myself in these streets with really no direction to go. Try chasing money, but money wasn't really never the goal. Searching for purpose, I needed a reason to live with myself. Commissioner Ray Kelly says the video is key evidence. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is What's for Dinner right here on Quake RYC Praise News, where music is therapy. I'm your humble host, Orlando Presents. And we've been sitting down with uh, the brother Jay Meezy. You might know Jay Meezy from uh, God's Son Listening Party, which airs, I believe, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern? Yeah. E oh, okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yep. Okay. Yep, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. So make sure y'all uh, tune in and check the brother out. He has a lot of great guests on there. His uh, co-host or host, Alicio J. Torres from the KS Radio Show is there with him. 
Um, so make sure y'all check them out Monday through Friday. They really bring it with the testimonies, with the music, the videos, and everything. So uh, definitely give them a give them a shout out and give them a listen and Thanks, a man. look. Shout out to Alicia. Yeah. Shout out to Alicia, man. Such <laughs> a dope, dope person, man. Be holding me down. So shout out to him. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Alicio's been doing his thing, man. I'm, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. It was, it had to be yeah. something that uh, God saw in him for me to de- even, you know, just uh, ask him about starting up the KS Radio Show from the beginning. So definitely, I'm glad he took it from wow. where he started to where he is now. So um, definitely, God's been looking, you know, looking down on him and lifting him up and doing his thing. So shout out to Alicio. Doing your thing, brother. Um, Man, uh, one question that I did want to ask you, uh, through everything and through all that you've gone through um, with God, you know, and you following God now, and it's been been some time since since the accident and since everything has happened, um, have you spoken to the guy that hit you, ran you over at all? No, I haven't. You know, um, but in my heart, like there's no beef at all. There's not even no regret, nothing. I believe that he was just the instrument, mm-hmm. you know, that was used to get me to where I'm at today with the Lord because that's my whole purpose. That's everybody's purpose is that we would have a relationship with our creator and that we would reflect who he is into this world, you know. Right, right. Yeah, that's the only thing I was just wondering. Did you ever get a chance to actually tell him you know, that your life has changed and that, thing, you know, different things and that basically, you know, from that point on is he was an instrument in where you are now and stuff. But um, definitely, man, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that God has brought you to where you are now, brother. Definitely from, you know, your testimony mm-hmm. and everything and where your life was headed. I praise God for you, man. I praise God for your life. Praise God for you, you know, you and your family and what you, you know what you've been doing and what you've been going through. So, um, I'm gonna let you continue on with your uh, testimony, bro. Yeah. So, um, so, so fat eye. So I, I, I was at the part where um selling drugs and all that. Mm-hmm. So I started selling drugs. Got real good at doing that. Um, ended up going through multiple states. You know, I'm um, selling drugs. So, I, you know, I did New Hampshire, I did New York, Pennsylvania, nah. Connecticut, Providence. You were, you, you were, know, um, just all over the place. You were at the part where I think you, uh, you were telling your baby moms to get rid of the guns and stuff. Oh yeah, 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 in the hospital and all, all right, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's the second part that I was at before we played the song. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So waking up, waking up, telling my BM to get rid of everything. You know, um, it, it was just a, it, it was a, it, it was a shock for her, which I don't blame her for. You know, me and her, we not together today. We ended up getting married, but got um divorced shortly after. Which, you know, I don't hold nothing against her, man. I, I, I love her. You know what I mean? And I, I get it, man. She don't see what I see, and that's alright. Cause there was a point in time in my life where I didn't see what I see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I'm not gonna hold that against her, but she couldn't understand. She couldn't understand my faith. She couldn't understand what I believed in. Now, mind you, at that time, I knew nothing about the Bible. 
But I remember every time I woke up out of that sleep, you know what I mean? Whoever was next to me was going to get that word. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know what that word was, but that word was Jesus is real. You know what I mean? Jesus is who he says he are, um, who he says he is, you know, and, and anybody who was next to me was going to get that. Whether it was a nurse that was checking on my IVs, whether it was my friends that were coming in to check in on me, um, and or the police, right? Because they had my whole room blocked off because it was like thousands of people trying to get into my room, you know, to come see me. I don't know why, because I wasn't that famous, you know what I mean? So I don't know where all these people were coming from, but people were coming from other countries to come see me, you know, um, and maybe because it went viral, I don't know. But whatever the case was, people were trying to come and I was trying to give them that word. I remember this one dude snuck in um, and he was, I don't know, he just happened to be a pastor. But he, like, literally snuck past the security and ended up creeping into my room, walked into the room, and everybody's on guard, like, yo, who's this? And I'm like, I don't know this dude, you know what I mean? And he's like, bro, I came here because God sent me. <laughs> Which was crazy, because I just gave my life to God. So already God was already doing things that I couldn't deny, right? So my pops was like, yo, because um, my pops is a pastor, but my pops is also from the street. So he's like, uh, I don't know this dude, man. You know what I mean? Like, who is this guy? And so we, we, we let him talk and, you know, he started to minister the gospel. What he wanted to do really was just pray for me, you know, and he wanted to anoint me with oil and he wanted to pray over me. He, he felt like it was something that was burning his heart that he had to come do. Now, mind you, this dude, um, um, he, he was like a limo driver, like, like the, like a Uber driver driving people from the airport to the hotels and all that. Hmm. That was his job. And he literally stopped his job to go sneak into a hospital room because he felt like God sent him, which looking back now, I'm like, God definitely sent you, you know what I mean? Because wow. I am today still on the same type of time. So it just, God started doing things like that. And I remember, um, I re so I was in the hospital, bro, I like for three months. For the first two months, I couldn't eat nothing. Like, literally, if you try to give me some food, I'd probably throw it up. Mm. So, and my room was ice cold all the time, right? Like, I had to have my room ice cold because my body was on fire. I didn't know why, you know what I mean? Maybe my body was healing. Maybe I was just born again, you know what I mean? But I know my body was on fire, and I could, I had to have the AC on black. Um, where was I going with that? Where was I going with that? Um, oh, God, God was already doing things. So, I remember I had this pain in my back. Like, cause I had just got ran over, bro. My bot, my my spine was broken in two places. The aorta vein was was detached from my heart. I had nine, um, twelve broken ribs. You know, I was hit, man. I was I was done. I was out for the count. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I had this pain in my back, and I remember just sitting there, um, laying there in the bed, looking out the window. It was a rainy day. I remember it clearly. I could see the the rain on the window. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at that window and I'm thinking to myself, if only I can just get myself to that window to throw myself out. Mm. You know what I mean? Because then I'm talking to God like, God, I gave you my life. You know what I mean? Like, why do I still got this pain? I can't eat nothing, nothing, right? So I end up going to sleep. The next morning I wake up, there's no pain, and I'm eating everything. Like, you couldn't stop me from eating. Mm. And my mom was bugging because she's like, she's been trying to feed me this whole time because, you know, your mom's is going to be the first one to try to make sure you're good, right? Like, she right. want to give you food. She want to make sure you recover. But, man, I couldn't eat nothing. And, and when I woke up this day that I had no pain in my back and I, I just had this appetite, my mom was so happy that she was just bringing me every 
every meal that she knows she make that I like, she was bringing it all at <laughs> once. You know what I mean? Right. And so that was the first time that I experienced something supernatural from God. Because I, I all I remember to myself was, man, I was just at, telling you this last night. And this morning I wake up and it's like it, it last night wasn't even real. You know what I mean? And and I, I remember, man, the, so I listened to this song, I'm Praise You in the Storm. That was the, the first Christian song that I heard as a Christian. And I remember listening to that and crying, not because I was sad, but because I was so joyful. Like, And my, my BM, she couldn't understand that, bro. She was like, yo, what's good with you, man? You know, like, mind you, she knows me as somebody in the streets, like... You know, I'm probably like the the tough toughest dudes that she knows. You know what I mean? And right. she see me over here crying like a little baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to a song. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. It was just God doing something, man. And and so I remember, man. I, I was in the hospital after I got good enough to get into a wheelchair and all that, and and travel the hospital. I would go into other rooms of people, and I would just pray for them or tell them about Jesus. And mind you, I didn't know nothing about the Bible. I didn't know any of that stuff. I just knew that God was real, and I wanted people to know that he was. You know what I mean? Like, because oh, yeah. if you if you can convince me, you can convince anybody in my mind, right? Like, that. So I wanted everybody to know, yo, God is who he says he is, bro. He's real. And so I remember doing that, man. And then I came out the hospital. Um, I remember trying to write rhymes, and I would write rhymes the way that I would write rhymes before I was saved. And I would try to continue to write them, but I felt like a hypocrite. You know what I mean? And coming from the streets, the last thing you want to do is be a fake dude. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be talking about something I don't really believe in. You know what I mean? Right. But I'm over here talking about doing crime, and I didn't really believe in it no more. It didn't make no more sense to me. Like, I couldn't even justify it no more. You know what I mean? Like, it was times I would justify. Bro, I've done, you know, I've done, I've done wild things in the streets, man, and I'll justify all of it. You know what I'm saying? And and this day, I'm over here just trying to write a rhyme, and I can't justify it. So I say, you know what, God? I'm not going to write music no more. I'm done. You know what I mean? Because it re- in reality, you know what I mean? Once I know who you are, what what else? Like, there's nothing more valuable than that, you know, for me personally. Right. That's all I needed to know was that God was who he said he was so that I know that I'm good because I kept messing things up. You know what I mean? So I, if it meant giving up music then I'm going to give up music. You can have that. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm trying to worship you, Lord. You know, and, and that happened. So I ended up going through a, through a divorce with my with my wife. It was like a year, maybe a little more than a year um, after I got ran over, found myself homeless, you know, um, sleeping in the car, in a wheelchair. I was hurting. You know what I mean? My family was broken. Now, mind you, I'm a dude. I ain't never, I ain't never been in a situation like that. Like, one thing with me was, I always made sure, you know, my family good. So my kids got to be good. My my girl got to be good. And they always held me down like that. You know what I mean? And But my, because my BM couldn't understand, you know, where my mom was at, you know, I felt like me and her now disconnected. Like, it, it, I remember, yo, and, and side note real quick, I just remember her coming into the room, coming out the shower, mm. you know, and, and her trying to change her clothes. And I remember turning my face because I didn't want to see her naked. And I, I remember when I did that, it hit me like a shock. Like, And I'm telling God, like, why? Why Why am I feeling this way? You know, um, unbeknownst to me, you know, there was a disconnect. You know, and I'm a very, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of person that if I don't rock with you from my heart, 
then it's hard for me to pretend like I do. You know what I mean? Like I wear my emotions on my sleeve, mm-hmm. and, and and it's it's to it's to a fault. You know what I'm saying? I can't even hide it from the people I feel I should hide it from. And so it just got to that place where I'm talking to God, trying to find out what's going on. And I remember being homeless, sitting in the car, um, paralyzed, being hurt because I'm not gonna front and act like I wasn't hurt, but being hurt. But what I wasn't was broken. Like, I would be broken before, you know? Before I got ran over, three months before I got ran over, I remember being on the bed with a gun in my head, you know, um, about to count to three and just squeeze the trigger because I knew if I thought about it, I wasn't going to do it. So I figured if I just one, two, and before I got to three, I just squeezed, then I'd be good. And when I started that countdown, something in in my mind, in my heart, whatever you want to call it, like, told me to call my, my, my pops. So I called my dad, you know what I mean, in the midst of this. And mind you, he lives in Pennsylvania, and it's like he teleported to my house because it, it felt like I'm still on the phone with him, and he's already banging at my door like the police. You know what I mean? And I, I remember letting him in, and he tells me, God, to, uh, Jesus told me that either you're going to walk with him or he's going to have to drag you. Mm. I'm going to say that again for the people listening. Jesus told him I'm either going to walk with him or he's going to have to drag me. What wasn't there was that either I'm going to walk with him or I'm going to end up losing my life. That wasn't the message. And it's ironic that here I am in the wheelchair and and I walk more with God than I walked with myself when I had my legs. You know what I mean? Right. And that's crazy because this is like God dragging me with him. So it's almost like God was saying, nah, you belong to me and ain't nobody going to snatch you out of my hands. You know, now, now me that I study the word and all that, now I can say that. Now I can look back and say, oh, that's what you was doing, Lord. You said you would not lose one. You said my sheep hear my voice and follow me. And a stranger's voice, they would not obey. Now mm-hmm. I understand that, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I heard your when, when All I needed to hear was your voice, you know what I mean? And that day you asked me, I was willing to live for you. That was your voice. And that's all I needed to hear for me to be where I am today. So, but anyway, so I found myself homeless going through that, man. I, um, I remember, man, just being hurt. And then God started talking to me about water, which is crazy. I'm like, I remember listening to this pastor, and all I heard was water. Yeah, it says something, 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 and then he put the word water in there, and I'm like, water? What are you talking about water? You know, like, I don't even know if his whole message was around water, but that's what God wanted me to hear. And so I started to research water. And ironically, I come across this video that kept popping up on my timeline. That's why I recognized it. And I clicked on it. But this video had kept popping up on my timeline before that day. And I just kept scrolling past it, you know, going to whatever gossip was about the whatever artist is. You know, the stuff that we watch on YouTube. So I was just scrolling past that to go to that. And so when God started talking to me about water and and, and I start paying attention, I go back to YouTube. And the first video I see is that. And it's it's a water crystal experiment. And I'm like, let me click on that. Boom, I click on it, and what they're talking about is, you know, how our thoughts affect the water molecules. You know, and I don't mean to sound too scientific for anybody listening, but, you know, the science behind that is that your your thoughts create frequency that then alters the molecules in water. Now, our bodies are filled with water, and the way the dude broke it down was like, picture yourself driving on the highway. When, when there's no traffic on the highway, that means that you're thinking positive. When there's traffic on the highway, that means you're thinking negative because your thoughts alter the water molecules. So if you think negative, it distorts it. 
and it creates a mess. But if you think positively, it, it, it unifies it. Now, anybody listening, go, if you want to understand fully what I'm saying, go watch the water crystal experiment by some dude out in Japan or Tokyo or something like that. Watch that because that right there just put everything in perspective. Now I started to realize that my thoughts and the thoughts that I entertained were what were very important. Like I had to make sure that I was mindful of the thoughts that I was entertaining. And when I, when I realized that, all these negative thoughts, this whole why me, why is this happening, why is that, I started to replace those thoughts with, with, with positive thoughts. You know, and little by little, it started to change my character, bro. Like, hey, I don't know if you, you know, I don't know if that's the one-two step or how to get there, but that's how it worked for me. You know what mm. I mean? I started realizing that my thoughts and the things that I entertained was creating the world that I was living in. I live in that world no more. So in order for me to get out that world, I had to change the way that I think. And now understanding the Bible, it says, put on the mind of Christ. You know, set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. It, that all makes sense now. You know what I mean? It makes sense. So it's about what we entertain. So when I realized that, my life started to switch. So now I went from a place where I was still dealing with divorce. I was still dealing with a broken home. I was still dealing with a broken body, but I wasn't dealing with a broken spirit. I wasn't dealing with this question in me that was like, why? Why is this happening? Why is that happening? You know, and that's when God started to change my mind. And then, you know, I'm going to let you ask questions because right from there, I can go all kinds of different ways. So go ahead, cousin. Amen, amen. Brother, brother, brother. Um, yeah, this is a little bit past our time for us. We usually run about an hour show. I know I know y'all stay on sometimes two and three hours and everything on, on God's son yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> It is all good. It is all good, man. Um, definitely, brother. I wanna, I wanna definitely get you back. But I know earlier within your testimony, you were saying about, um, you know, trying to get your dad, you know, get your dad on and everything. I mean, if your dad's willing to come on, I'm willing to have him on. So, you know, just yeah, just, yeah. No, I'm running by him. He's yeah. a pastor, so he's always caught up. Uh, ministering and doing that type of stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I'll definitely run it by him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't mind having both of you all, you know, both of you on together. You can, you know, talk about it and stuff, yeah, and talk about, tough. you know, what's, you know, what's going on now and how you're, you're moving forward. Um, but the segment that we like to end off with is the, um, is the West for dinner. It's just like our segment in the morning, West for breakfast is that uh, we end the show off with a scripture and we let the, you know, we let the folks leave off the show with a scripture from the Bible so we can feed them spiritually, which you've been doing that all show long with your testimony. Amen. Uh, definitely, bro. Definitely. It, 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 it touched me. So like I said, it was my first time really um, hearing your testimony. But right before you um, came on to the show, I went to your page and I was checking out the video, you know, of your accident and things of that nature on there. So I was looking at that and I was just like, wow, man. I mean, I don't know where I was back then, but I, for some reason, I just don't remember that at you know, at all. I don't remember that being on the news and stuff, but um, man, so I don't know mentally where I was at that time. I was probably in my own world doing my own thing. Um <laughs> But 
Definitely, man. So uh, it's understandable. I didn't know about the whole Marine um, Titanic thing until I started seeing it on Facebook. So I get it, man. <laughs> I don't watch the news either. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I do have a scripture. I want to share this scripture with uh, everybody, with y'all listening. This is uh, Matthew sixteen twenty five. For whoever wants to, s- <coughs> hold on, I gotta adjust my eyes, brother. Getting old. <laughs> Matthew sixteen twenty five. <laughs> for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever l- loses their life for me will find it. And I just got to say, and this is no coincidence or anything of that nature, but this has been happening for almost a week now. Even it's happening during the day in the morning show. Whatever we are talking about, and I go into the scripture because I just pop up, you know, the Bible app and let whatever scripture pops up, that's what pops up. And the scripture mm. always falls in line with what we're talking about. So wow. I was just thinking that, too. I was like, wow, that's, that scripture is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, all glory to God, man. All glory to God. Um, do you have a scripture that you want to share with the folks? Yeah, my main scripture, which is my favorite, is Proverbs uh, 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in, in all your ways, and he will direct your path. Because that, that, that right there for me is how I live my life. You know, I don't lean on my own understanding, even though there's a lot of things that people say I might disagree with. But before I give them a, a piece of my mind, I try to give them a piece of God's mind first. Mm. You know, and, and it's... He just gives me favor in that place. So some people be like, man, you mad wise. But it's not that I'm being wise in that in that way. I'm just being wise enough to submit myself to God. And then the Holy Spirit going to give you whatever it is he wants to give you. You know what I mean? And so I make myself available. So, yeah, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He, he would never lie to you. So just trust in him, you heard? Amen. Amen. Um, before you go, I do want you to let the folks know about, you know, I touched on it a little bit, but, you know, of course, I can't give it justice because it's not my show. But I want you <laughs> I want you to touch on uh, God's son listening party. Where did the name come from? How did the, all of that start up? And uh, yeah, what's the direction, you know, of the show and everything that you're looking at taking it? Uh, yeah, no. Nah. So the Godson name comes from the fact that it's <laughs> Godson is the only thing that matters right now, you know, in my world, which is Jesus, you know what I mean? So everything is Godson, you know, first. Um, the listening party comes from the fact that, you know, God has touched a lot of brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, you know, who have all kinds of different talents, specifically those who make music, you know, and just, I, I didn't want to just play their music just to play it like the way a DJ in the world plays it. I wanted to have them on the show and kind of break down each song, the inspiration behind it, the process, you know, and get a little bit into their testimony so that we know who they are. So that's really where the idea comes from. Uh, We just want to, we want to acknowledge the brethren in the body because God is doing something amazing in all of our lives. And it's not so that we can put it under a rock, not so that we can bury it because we we're fearful, you know, Nah, we got to invest that into the world because if you can show up to God's doorstep with just one other person, then then I would consider you to be an investment, right? Like, I got two for the price of one, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's really what it's about. That's the whole 
thing behind God's son. Like, I want to be able to shine light on people's testimony. I want to shine light on their creative process in the Lord to inspire that whoever may be listening to know that you, you can do that. You know, because I was one of them that that, that didn't even want to make music because I felt like music was belonged to the world. But I came to find out that the world just steals everything that belongs to God. So we're here to give that back. And that's really what the show is about. Give, um, we want to shine light on brothers and sisters who want to give their talents back to God, basically. Amen. Amen. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and like I said, man, I would love to have you back. That'll be pretty much like a part two. Man, that's crazy. I had a part two mo- moment on uh, on the morning show with um, with uh, uh, Miss Harvest. And now I have a part two moment with you. So today's been a <laughs> today's been chock <laughs> full, boy. I'm telling you, it's definitely I'm, I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it that God allows me to continue, you know, to be able to, you know, do this and speak to individuals like yourself and get to know folks, you know, like yourself and be able to build from there. So um, and ladies and gentlemen, once again, this is what's for dinner right here on Quake RYC Praise News where music is therapy, for whatever reason, if a friend of yours or somebody you know was not able to listen to this show live, uh, we will have the show up on our uh, podcast, basically on um, on Apple, Amazon, Google, uh, iHeart, anywhere where you listen to podcasts, nine times out of ten, you're going to be able to hear it. Um, hear it on there so we will have that shared later on tonight so just go ahead and search for the link and everything and you can uh, share it and let other folks hear it and things of that nature and no worries about you know oh he's trying to monetize it no the podcast is not monetized so don't worry about that we share it because of the word of God and we're trying to spread the word and let folks know God is still in the miracle business and that was was going through my head all through the show listening to your testimony bro is that you are a walking miracle you know def i mean you you know you know what i mean (laughs) but um you are an individual that the lord has brought pretty much back you know from the dead he he rose you back up again took you away from where you were living to where you are now and um it's it's a marvelous thing it's crazy it's not crazy as in crazy but it's just like wow you know how god works and everything so praise the lord for you and your life man and for your family and for everything so like i said would love to have you back you know like love to be able to um chop it up with your dad as well so you have a peaceful night bro thank oh let the folks know how they can um, follow you if they want to follow you on any social media sites and things of that nature. Yeah, so you can catch me on Facebook and YouTube. Um, Facebook under J Measy. That's M-E-E-Z as in zebra, E-E-E. Oh, no, I said three E's at the end. It's only J-M-E-E-Z-E-E. Um, and you can find me on YouTube. And, so, and Facebook under Godson, the Godson Podcast or Godson Listening Party on um, YouTube and and um, Facebook. All right. Fantastic. Well, once again, let me see here. Let me see here. We played um, we played The Storm by Jay Meezy. So we need to, I need to pull up your other track that you sent me so we can go ahead and close the show with that yeah 
I was on go. Uh, explain that to the folks, and then we'll yeah. go ahead and end off with that. Yeah, no, that's basically my testimony. I was living my life on go. I wasn't thinking about consequences. I wasn't thinking about repercussions, none of those things. Um, I was just living based off of my carnal understanding, uh, responding with my carnal nature, all that. So everything was based off of feelings. So I lived my whole life like that. So that was on go, you know, and there came a time where I had my back against the wall and I had to trust God, you know, and then in doing that, God makes me a light, puts me right back into the same place I was at so that I could help draw other people out. You know, um, and I'll touch a little bit on, on, on sometimes we do ministry in a way where it's like we're focusing more on the fruit of a person rather than the root. You know, and, and so I touch on that, but basically it's just saying I was on go and God saved me. All right. Amen. Once again, once again, this is I Was On Go by JBZ. Y'all have a peaceful night. We will see you in the morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 a.m. Central Standard Time on What's For Breakfast. Myself and my partner, Captain J, we're out for the night. Take it easy. Let's go. I was going, 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 gone, gone, I was, I was, I was on go. I was on go, had my whole back to the wall, doing my best not to fall. Down on my knees, talking to Jesus, stones in my life, he bitting me hard. All of my problems, I give them to God. All of the drama, I give it to God. Makes me a tape in the midst of it all. Tells me to sit in the middle of a wall. Says that I'm good, I trust him with all. My body, my mind, and my strength, and my soul. I gave him my life, and he gave me a throne. He crowned me with glory, made heaven my home. He made me an egg, I fed it the fear. Replaced it with victory, no more despair. Remembers my sins, never again. Forgiveness a gift that he gives to a man Who will read it to so mindful of man and That you gave your son to die for a man Way you love us really don't seem fair But I guess something we don't understand So I acknowledge you with all my ways Watch the ways that you direct my past Put all my faith and my trust in your son Cause he was right there when I could not stand I was on go, had my whole back to the wall Doing my best not to fall Down on my knees, talking to Jesus Stones in my life keep pitting me hard All of my problems I give them to God All of the drama I give it to God Makes me a tape in the midst of it all Tells me to sit in the middle of a wall Says that I'm good, be light in the hood He giving me favor, right in the hood Cause the ones that he love, they be right in the hood Addicted to drugs and not doing too good The harvest is plenty, but work is a few They blaspheme God and the reason is you Cause you give them religion, instead of the truth Focus on fruit and not changing the rule Jesus succeeded in setting us free Died on the tree and came back with the keys He got fire in his eyes and a tide on his thighs And say Lord of all lords and the king of all kings He told me believe him cause freedom is free Nothing created could get in between He said count it all joy when you fall in the trials Cause the test of your faith is what makes you complete And I was on go, had my whole back to the wall Doing my best not to fall Down on my knees, talking to Jesus Stones in my life keep pitting me hard All of my problems I give them to God All of the drama I give it to God Makes me a tape in the midst of it all Tells me to sit in the middle of a wall Says that I'm good, just pick up my wood And follow him no matter where we end up He taking me places that need to see God Made me a light so I can shine in the dark I can see them pointing fingers at God Cause they don't really understand the Father's heart The scriptures tell us that we no longer offer Together in Christ, we gon' give us it all For so many years I was living so lost Would've been dead if it wasn't for God He 
walked in the room when my body was broken. The AO, the vein was detached from my heart. The doctor told me that I should have been gone. Should have been dead, but instead I live on. Instead of my death, they all see me be born. Again in the Lord and the glorious gods. I was on go. Had my whole back to the wall. Doing my best not to fall. Down on my knees, talking to Jesus. Stones in my life, he pitting me hard. All of my problems, I give them to God. All of the drama, I give it to God. Makes me a tape in the midst of it all. Tells me to sit in the middle of a wall. Says that I'm good.